Hello everyone, before we even get into this episode, as always, I just gotta give thanks to everybody who's listening, has listened, and plans on listening more in the future. It's all much appreciated. And don't forget to go and follow me on Twitter at Critique Chill. That's where I'm gonna be making any announcements and any news known that is revele- that is relevant to this podcast. So if you're interested in any of that, be sure to check me out. But as always, the support is much appreciated. Hello everyone, welcome to and welcome back to the Critique and Chill Podcast. As always, it's your host Cadence, and today I'm going to be going over Scooby-Doo and Batman the Brave and the Bold. Scooby-Doo and Batman the Brave and the Bold is the 13th entry in a series of Scooby-Doo direct-to-video films, and might just be the best in my opinion. This movie was released this year on the 9th of January, and it just in my opinion furthers the idea that DC and Warner Brothers Animation is hitting a new stride in terms of their animated films with Killing Joke being its only misstep as late uh, as of late in my opinion of course this movie is set in the universe of Batman the Brave and the Bold it was an animated series that aired on Cartoon Network with three seasons spanning 2009 to 2011 and it was amazing this in my opinion is the best animated series for Batman ever with the show titled The Batman, The Brave and the Bold's predecessor being second, and Batman Beyond being the third. But I'm sure it could be argued that most of this has to do with the fact that I didn't grow up on the original, and thus was overstimulated by every show that came after it. But the reason I prefer Brave and the Bold to The Batman, the show, is because while they're basically the same, where Brave and the Bold shines and surpasses the Batman is by having Batman team up with another hero or set of heroes every episode, choosing to focus on lesser-known villains and heroes like Dead Man, Commandy, Gentleman Ghost, Sportsmaster, and even Buona Beast. This show was even the first place that I saw Jaime Reyes as the Blue Beetle. This show is so important to my view of DC because it touched on practically every aspect of the DC universe and the Batman stories, like the death of the death of Batman's parents, the Star of the Conqueror arc, the Equinox arc, and even managed to give me some give some A-listers like Superman and Flash some love. But it was all told through a very camp and lighthearted perspective, while at the same time not straying away from more mature themes. Multiple people died in this series, and almost every single time it wasn't glossed over with the term destroyed, and most often it wasn't retconned through some BS resurrection. The show was also the first to ever make me feel like it cared about me as a viewer. It respected my intelligence while wanting to teach me something, and the finale even made me tear up a little bit. All this mixed with Scooby-Doo, the series that I love so much that had stickers on it, I had the stickers on my asthma machine. I dressed up as both Fred and Scooby on multiple Halloweens, and I even still watch it to this day. All makes for a very nostalgic movie. The movie itself definitely calls back to the new Scooby-Doo movies of the 1970s that would feature guest stars like Batman and Robin, The Addams Family, and I believe the Harlem Globetrotters. It is the perfect example of a crossover. Everything from the name and the way that the font is is written to the box cover that definitely reminds me of the previous Scooby-Doo movies from the mid-2000s to the title sequence which added Scooby to the framework of the Batman the Brave and the Bold title sequence complete with a new theme that is more laid back and shall I say groovy -er than the original. 
The plot is so well thought out and well put together that even though it's a kid's movie, it can keep you on your toes if you were blinded by the nostalgia like I was. The movie is about how Mystery Inc. teams up with Batman and some other superheroes when a new criminal starts terrorizing Gotham. And if you were to lay the bones of this plot out on a stretcher, it pro it's probably not that good. But the ride is so enjoyable that the extremely small list of things did wrong is forgiven and forgotten. Before I go any further, I just want to state that this is a Scooby-Doo movie. So it's not like Batman and Harley Quinn where it's a much more graphic and mature movie than the art style suggests. This movie is very much a movie that is the very definition of fun for the whole family. But back into it, the characters that stood out the most to me were Martian Manhunter and The Question. Martian Manhunter I liked the, I liked the most because he was very funny, but not in that way like he was trying to be. What could turn off Plastic Man to a lot of people in terms of his humor is the fact that he's trying to get laughs, while Martian Manhunter is just funny because he's out of touch with human culture. The question is all is has already always been a personal favorite of mine, and in this movie they use his personality, his character design, and his relationship with other characters with such supreme finesse that to go any further would be going into spoiler territory. The element that made me fall in love with this movie, however, is the Easter eggs, running gags, and camp jokes that are just abundant throughout the movie. From the Don Knotts lookalike guard to the alliteration jokes and smaller stuff like the Bat Dehydrator. There's even a line that the Joker says to a bunch of scrub villains that references his A-list status. But my absolute favorite part of the Easter eggs is when Velma puts on a Robin costume and looks like a Carrie, Ke a Carrie Kelly cosplayer. And while all these things are missed if you aren't an avid fan of Batman as a character, Batman the Brave and the Bold the TV show, and Scooby-Doo, the movie is still a lot of fun without it. And if you are a fan of either of those things and a little bit of family fun time, then it would be remiss of you to not check out this movie. It is a perfect example of a crossover done right and is one of the best animated movies that I have ever seen. Well guys, that's it for this episode of the Critique and Chill Podcast. As always, it's much appreciated for those who have been listening. Don't forget to go and follow me on Twitter at Critique Chill. That's where I'm going to be keeping any announcements or any news that is relevant to this podcast so if you're interested in any of that be sure to go follow me there if not it's all just appreciated that you're even listening thank you